some of what I also dial down on is understanding each team member's motivators. What, and you can get into all the science behind it. There are like seven to eight different motivators that drive people. Uh, what are those? And be very, very aware of those. Hey, welcome to the Consultant and Coach Podcast. Eric here, super happy you've joined us for another episode. Hey, this one's on attachment. What what's attachment? Hey, how have we how do we properly attach when we lead to our team members and what does that look like? Um, and cuz you know everyone longs to work at a great workplace where everyone uh, you know works together as a family. So hey, enjoy this next episode of the Consultant and the Coach podcast. Welcome to The Consultant and the Coach. This is another episode with Eric and Josh. We're so glad you've joined us. We're today we're talking about attachment and helping leaders along the journey by encouraging you to help form meaningful relationships with your teams and to cultivate a culture of meaningful relationships in your companies. We believe, as we'll talk about, as you might imagine, this will help you succeed um, in several dimensions of your work. Eric? Man, I, I love the the scripture you picked for this one. And as we were talking about before we started recording, you, you picked the scripture parable, the prodigal son. As we're talking attachment, I had to think about it for a second. But now, as I've thought about it, and we even talked pre-broadcast mm-hmm. on it, it makes complete sense. So tell me why. Yeah, well, as we'll talk about, and, and many of you are probably aware of some degree of, it, it, I'm more familiar with the term attachment when it comes to parenting, and I'll share an example a little later for being an adoptive dad, um, but I think there's also many elements of attachment that we learn about um, in terms of how we relate to God, how we relate to others, in terms of how we understand the relationship between a father and their children. Mm-hmm. The prodigal son is a great example of that um, in terms of, as we'll read it here briefly, um, and another word for attachment, just so we know, is bonding. So yeah. depending on how you use it, whether business or your right. family, you know, attachment, bonding, bonding, attachment, it can be used synonymously and mm-hmm. really should use different words depending on how you're talking about it. But yeah. That's right. That's great. And, and I think in the prodigal son story, what I like about the story for at least today's, um, and there are several applications, spiritual applications, family applications, but in terms of bonding in the workplace, I think what I like about this is the, the father puts in the work to bond or attach to his children, or in this case, you know, leaders can think about how to bond or attach to the people they work with, knowing that but the reality is even in doing that, you're going to have a prodigal relationship. You're yeah. going to have someone who takes everything you give them and seemingly throw it down, you know, the tube and it's going to hurt, Right. But the patient uh, leader in this scenario, the dad, um, sits on the porch and he waits. Mm-hmm. And he gives that grace in that time. And eventually, because he sowed properly into soil that is, appeared to be infertile, <clears throat> eventually the prodigal comes back. And, and then as we'll also talk about, you've got to take good care of the, the elder child in this relationship. You've got to take in, in, in the, in the workplace. You better do a darn good job taking care of... Um, of this, the oldest son in this case, the people you invest in and who stick around and don't leave oh, and are your long-term loyal helpers in the journey of your work. Um, so with that, should I go ahead and read it? For yeah, those maybe well, you want let's, familiar? let's do it. So this is from Luke 15, 11 through 32, a little longer than normal, but we thought it was a good story for today's purposes. Uh, and he said, there was a man who had two sons, and this is Jesus telling a story. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me my share of the property that is coming to me. He divided his property between them. 
Not many days later, the younger son gathered all he had and took a journey into a far country, and there he squandered his property in reckless living. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country who sent him into the fields to feed pigs. And he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, but I perish here with hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion, and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your, called your son. <clears throat> but the father said to his servant, Quick, Bring quickly the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. And bring the fattened calf and kill it, and let us eat and celebrate. For this son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Now his older son was in the field, and he came and drew near to the house, and he heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, Your brother has come, and your father has killed the fattened calf, because he has received him back safe and sound. But he was angry and refused to go in. His father came out and entreated him, but he answered his father, Look, these many years I have served you, and I have never disobeyed your command. Yet you never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fattened calf for him. And he said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. It was fitting to celebrate and be glad, for this brother was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. So we see perfect attachment here. Mm-hmm. God the Father. Yep. A, with the prodigal son, but even also with his, not only the prodigal son, his non-prodigal son as right. well, too. You see perfect detachment on both sides. Yep, yep. Yeah, and that's what I think we want to talk about today, obviously recognizing that these are, you know, deeper issues of sin in relationship with God and who we are created to be. But in terms of as we as leaders begin to foster also similar relationships of attachment and bonding to create more meaningful, more successful workplaces, you know, questions to think about is, what is attachment or bonding? What comes to mind for those listening? Um, where have they found themselves forming healthy, meaningful relationships in their life? How are you know how are they open and trusting um, of others, and how do they elicit uh, openness and trust from those they work with? So some of those questions we want folks to be thinking about as we walk through a little bit of this content today. Yeah, and it's 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 messy today, and I I, I think of in the in our businesses because. Um, the younger team members I see, I swear they want more attachment. Mm-hmm. They are, they're almost screaming for more mm-hmm. attachment. I have seen talking to them mm-hmm. because uh, they want us to care more as business coaches and business consultants and business owners. Um, but sometimes the owners are like, where are you? You ran off. Yeah. <laughs> you disappeared. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, and that, t- that speaks, um, you know, there's several aspects of that. And I think we've talked about this before, I think on a podcast, but you know, the difference between daily purpose and eternal purpose. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think when we're trying to form healthy, meaningful relationships, we have to recognize that there's a limit to the ability that we can meet someone's needs too. Oh, absolutely. Right? We can care for their f- physical needs to some degree. We can listen and be there emotionally for them, but we cannot either expect ourselves or expect, um, or allow our teams to expect us to fill their eternal purpose, right? And we can't fill that God-shaped hole in them because we are not God, right? And so I no. think there's a 
there's a both and there that we have to navigate. Yeah, it, very true. And what I find frustrating, because, you know, I don't actively preach the gospel at work. I, I would say, who knows? Uh, I, I'm, I'm publicly a Christian. And, but even at work, I, most of the team members that I work with are not Christians. So I'm not always say, hey, ask Jesus into your life or do this or do this or do this. But it's like, how do we model that with mm-hmm. proper attachment? You, and you, you can kind of see what it looks like, but yep. it's, it, there's a both and aspect of things. There's, there's the spiritual side of things, but then there's the how do we show proper attachment with our team members that work for us? Yeah. It's a great question, and I thought about this. You know, it's particularly uh, an important issue for me, as I mentioned earlier, as being an adopted dad. And, and I was thinking about uh, our process to attach to our son and, and what that was like um, now four years ago. And I think there's really three things I'll share as lessons I think that translate well um, for adoption. So, qu- so quick backstory about just adoption and attachment, uh, just for those who aren't aware. Um, there's pretty much a whole universe of um, childhood development stuff you could look at, and, and there's lots of different debates on what attachment means, but in particular, in the kids who come from hard places space, which is another word for adoption, because obviously you're not in that space unless you've come from something tough and you've experienced some level of trauma, um, any number of ways that occurs, unfortunately, but um, attachment is a huge deficit in your life because you've not been able to attach properly to adults, which has all sorts of long-term implications, and so... When you go through the process to adopt a child, one of the first important things to, to think about and, and work towards is how you are going to attach yourself to that child, right? I've had people ask me, you know, things like, well, how do you attach to a child who's not biologically yours, right? And it's like, well, you know, God does amazing things with the way he wires individuals. And I think when we learn to adopt a, a child, it it's actually makes you more open and able to actually attach to all the people God made because then you realize that we're really all part of God's family and Mm -hmm. all created in God's image and when we brought our son home um, again internationally from from Haiti um, the three things I think I learned in terms of how to attach to him and and we're still in the process I mean anybody who knows anything about adoption it's a lifelong you know issue (laughs) it's it's you're never as we've had to explain to several close family members who are like, oh, he's normal now, right? I'm like, well, yes and no. (laughs) We're still on a journey. Um, Three things, though, I think we did that helped us um, figure it out as well as probably could be done, um, at least that we knew at the time. One, uh, we spoke his language. So for those of you who aren't aware, Haiti speaks language of Creole, which is more or less uh, a a sub-language of French, even though it's taken on its own form over the years. But obviously being a French colony, it started in that in about you know take on 300 years more of evolution and it's its own language now but it's a lot of french-based words so first um communication so learning to speak our son's language um smooth the transition considerably and so i think that's a lesson for workers right you, to your point young or old people you got to learn to speak their language yeah got to get in there well that's a word you've used right in terms of get in understand who they are and speak whatever their language is if you want to attach a bond to your team got to help them speak their language language of culture mm-hmm. language of generation language of you know education how, how educated they are or may not be um the second thing you know we did was obviously meet our son's physical and emotional needs one of the things we had to sort of um educate our parents on was they could come around but it was one going to be limited but there's this whole what's called nesting period where for really i would say six months three to six months 
my wife and I had to make sure that the two of us were the only people in his life who met all of his physical and emotional needs. Um, Changing diapers when he was still figuring that out, you know, and feeding him. Um, And so holding him. Um, And so I think that there's, again, a lesson for leaders is obviously you can't meet all the physical and emotional needs of, (laughs) of your employees you need to be aware of and, and begin to think about how you can meet at least one physical. That's why donuts are so great, right? Yeah. You bring donuts to a meeting, people love it. Are they healthy? No. But, you know, how do you meet people where they are with food, with emotional intelligence, you know, something like that. Um, and then I would say the last thing is, you know, our son has struggled with a lot of things as he's transitioned, you know, into our family. And I, I won't go into a terrible amount of detail because it's his story, not mine. But but for a couple of times, we had some pretty big bouts of emotions where there'd just be a lot of upset feelings and just irrational, right? But but it was who he was and it's where he was at. And it, it would really require us to put aside any agenda we had. It would require us to plant our feet firmly on the ground, hold on to him through those just fits of challenge, and just hold on. And there was no other agenda. There was nowhere else to be. I mean, there might have been, but... You, you throw it out the window. You forget it. You, you, you get to work late. You miss a meeting. You mm-hmm. go to bed late. You stay, whatever, is, whatever you had as your agenda has to be set aside. And I think as leaders, as we try to attach and bond to people, we have to show them there's an element of which we're going to put them before ourselves, right? Absolutely. And you're going to set things aside. So those are the three things I would say just from an attachment perspective, at least I've learned about um, uh, bonding and attachment with children, in particular those from hard places, um, and how we can apply that to the workplace. And the workplace, you know, proper attachment is, you know, our ability to form deep, lasting, and meaningful relationships with our team members yeah. or even our clients and our patients. And I'll, it, this is weird, even vendors mm-hmm. who were, you know, you want proper attachment. And when things are symbiotic and they work both ways, it's truly magical, mm-hmm. but it's easier said than done to get there, and especially in the middle of a pandemic. What you know? How do how do we go about doing that um, in in a work environment? Um, even when I'm, I, I love what you said. Um, I, I think if you, you can only take people as far as you are willing to go yourself. Mm-hmm. So I've seen sometimes. Uh, working with some people it's it's really really difficult mm-hmm. i'm kind of like just just bring it on i i'm ready whatever it looks like there's very little that anyone can say that will thoroughly blow me away mm-hmm. because i i've seen almost everything yep. for better or worse yep. and if i haven't i know it's still out there Mm-hmm. Almost anything's possible, which is can be encouraging for team members, employees, customers, vendors, uh, you name it. Well, and flipping that around, I've been on the other side of that where I've been in relationships with executives who, uh, the other analogy I love for this is um, putting, you know, um, coins in the bank, right? Making deposits. And I've been in relationship with executives who, for no reason whatsoever, put, uh, made deposits, mm-hmm. right, in me. They had sat down, had lunch with me in the lunchroom. They didn't have to. They did. They wanted to, they, they, because they could. Right? No agenda. Um, they would say hello to me. They'd show me levels of a level of respect. They'd give me some level of insight into something. They would share. They would give me responsibility. 
you know what? And if I, and then I had executives who did the opposite of that, right? They ignored me. They acted like they were completely better than me. They never talked to me. They never invested in me. Well, I've had virtually the same request, you know, come from both of them. Not in the same situation one by one, but, you know, some a- an ask comes from them for some deadline, some deliverable, some proposal. I guarantee you what I give and the timing I meet the need is going to be way higher quality for the one who's invested in me. Mm-hmm. Not because I don't want to. There's just an emotional commitment to delivering for the person who's invested in me compared to the one who hasn't, right? I'll meet the, I'll meet the, I'll meet the basics. I'll meet the minimum. I'll give them what they ask for, mm-hmm. right? And, and so that's why I encourage my clients then when I work with them to really invest in their people emotionally because they're going, the people on the teams are going to respond in kind. To that they will and we need to be able to do that and here's 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 one of the interesting things i was i was reading a study a couple of months ago and this is really fascinating and they used the example of the prodigal son mm, so okay. it was actually at a seminary and Great. what they did was there they taught all the students in this seminary classroom about the prodigal son and then they didn't the students didn't know this as they left the classroom they encountered someone on the street who needed help. Some responded, some did not respond. Hmm. And they were trying to figure out, well, why? They both learned the same message. What it came down to, and the psychologist was able to figure this out, those that had margin in their life helped. Those that did not, even though they had the head knowledge, did not help the other person on the street. So he, as we get into... I think everyone will say, hey, attachment's good. We want to help people. How do we do this? Mm-hmm. The answer is we have to have margin in our life. So if we are an executive going nonstop with no margin, I might know it's a good thing to help out. If there's no margin, we can't do it. Right. Yeah. No, and, I, and that's so true, right? It's to the point of how do you invest in other people? Mm-hmm. If you don't have margin, you can't do it. If yeah. you don't have time. If you don't have um, things cut out of your day to go to do that hard work, you can't do it. Now, I'm not good at this. One of the ways I do it with meetings is I do not run meetings next to each other, meeting after meeting after meeting, because a lot of the magic happens before the meetings, Mm -hmm. after the meetings, the conversation in the hallways, Mm -hmm. kind of messing around. Oh, 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 that makes sense why you're a little uptight. So... We can be intentional how we structure our day. And so, for example, if I have a meeting that starts at 7.30 in the morning, I'm in the conference room at 7.20 to just sit there and drink my coffee. And Mm -hmm. sometimes magical conversations happen. Sometimes they don't. But we can't be so Um, jam-packed. You know, the team members that show up right at 7.30 and then leave right on time, they don't have margin Mm -hmm. to work on some of those attachment things. Oh, they talked about the numbers. They miss that. Yep. Well, and it, what comes to mind is, is a term in outside of business, but, but a, some of our listeners may know of the writer Bob Goff, mm-hmm. um, famous for his work with um, Young Life, which is a Christian teenage yeah, And Love Does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Love Does, right? Mm-hmm. And the, the idea in Love Does, the book he wrote around um, using the term whimsy margin, right, is having the whimsy such that you are ready, willing, able, and have the margin in life to go with something. Go with that conversation that comes in at 7.20 in the morning. Yeah. Head out, um, 
you know, make space to get time with your kids, make space to get time with individuals on your teams, you know, find them on the weekends and other things, settings outside of work. Um, so how do, how do we, how do we, where, where does someone start? If they want to do this, how do you suggest they start? Number one is time, Mm -hmm. giving people time because that is, uh, that is one way, uh, attachment looks. Now I'm not saying you have to hang out with your fellow team members three hours a day. It might just be a minute here, two minutes there. Mm-hmm. Um, number two, money in business, money talks. And I think money has to, um, you know, on a small thing, donut. Yeah, a buck here, a buck there for donut or Starbucks or whatever whatever speaks their language. But even in our business and the businesses I will coach and consult with, I'm a firm believer in profit sharing. If someone really helps a business prof- prosper, how are we sharing in the profits? Mm-hmm. How are we sharing in benefits? Now, the, there's got to be profits. Some people, oh, I don't get higher profit sharing because our profits were not very good last quarter. Or <laughs> when they are great, then share very, very uh, generously. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's another way as well, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of what I also dial down on is understanding each team member's motivators. What And you can get into all the science behind that. There are like seven to eight different motivators that drive people. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are those? And be very, very aware of those. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing, I, and I've worked with my clients, and I think the other dimension here is to consider <clears throat> the health and the bonding of your relationships with those outside of your work, your support system, right? Who, how well have you most recently bonded or attached with your spouse, with your kids, with people in your faith community, like your church? How, do you have a life group? Do you have a support system? You know, who are those key individuals and how well do you trust them and how well do they trust you? And I think, you know, in terms of while all those things you just said are great, I think both, there's a both and there that if you don't have good, healthy, bonded, attached relationships outside of work, you can never hope to elicit a good attachment in the workplace. Mm-hmm. I, I think it'd be very hard. Um, at least not that they're going to go the deep to the depth you would like it to. Um, so I think it's taking an assessment of those things. And, and if you need to get a coach to help you with that or get a consultant, obviously to help you with the change management and culture development mm-hmm. inside the company. Um, but I think it's a, it's both and looking inside and outside at those relationships you have. Yeah. And I don't want to say sometimes people will say, well, attachments unlimited, you know, you know, God's love is unlimited, mm-hmm. but there also comes a point. Proper attachment is also when, if you have someone who, pushes through boundary after boundary after boundary, mm-hmm. you let them go. Yep. You can't say, well, you, you you didn't show love because you didn't accept me through everything. There comes a point where if you don't show up for work enough times, you don't hit the yep. right metrics, proper attachment is actually saying, you know, it's time for us to actually cut this off. Yeah. There can still be forgiveness, but, and, and there's a point there as well too. Right. Um, so proper attachment is also understanding, um, you know, when to welcome someone back, when to give, and it's, it, 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 there's a lot of gray area. Well, and I think there's, there's a, there's a both and too in that of you might have to take them out of their job because they've, they've lost that trust. It doesn't mean that you've condemned them eternally, right? No, yeah. You may still, and I think you've done this in the past, you've had to let people go who you actually still form a friendship with or a trusting relationship with. They come back later and they say, gosh, thanks, Eric. That was that was actually really good for me at that time, right? And, and it doesn't yeah. mean you haven't lost the bond or the attachment with them as a person, 
even if they've had to be separated from the organization. Mm-hmm. And, and I have several people that I've, I, I have continuing friendships. Yeah. They will never work for me again. Right, ever. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah, no, and I have people, who, clients I've worked with who, you know, I respect them and I would, would not work with them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was just, wasn't a good fit. And sometimes that happens. Yeah, absolutely. And yep. there are seasons. So, but yeah, but in, in proper attachment and bonding, it's, it's also understanding what are you looking for mm-hmm. and uh, what do they need in meeting them in different seasons of our life? Well, great. Well, as anyone, as folks hopefully know, they can go to our website if they want to find out a little more. We've got our blogs there, and we've got some other opportunities to reach out if they want to talk more about any of these issues they hear about on the podcast. Um, but coming up next week, we're going to talk about truth, um, where we're going to be helping leaders along the journey learn mm-hmm. to speak truth into the lives of the people around them and help those people speak truth to each other such that you can foster a healthier uh, business culture. And that's fun, dialing into the reality of business. Yep truth what that looks like yes that sounds good well good hey until next week all right take care hey thank you for listening to our episode hey if you want to know more about this uh on bonding and attachment and all that great stuff uh go to the consultant and the coach.com and check out josh's latest blog also you can subscribe to our new email list or just reach out for us for a free consult uh, looking forward to having you join us next week at the consultant and the coach.com and our podcast Whoa.